What's going on everybody? This is Catch, Hook, and Shoot. My name's Tom. I am your host. Today is Sunday, December 23rd. I uh, hope everybody's having a good holiday weekend so far. hope everybody gets a chance to spend time with uh, friends and family and enjoy the holiday. Hopefully everybody's got at least one day off of work. And um, yeah, thanks to everybody who's been following the show, who's been uh, downloading and watching on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, Twitch, uh, and any place else you might find podcasts. And hope everybody's following on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. And if you ever want to shoot me an email, as always, it's catchhookshoot at gmail.com. So uh, let's dive right in into what's going on in the world of wrestling this week. Uh, I'm sure by now everybody has seen or at least heard about uh, Vince, Stephanie, Shane, and Triple H opening up Raw on Monday night, talking about... Uh, Basically starting a new era in WWE, saying you're going to see new faces, new superstars, new matchups, things like that. Um, yeah, I posted on social media at the time. You know, it was, it was a really good speech. They said a lot of good things. Uh, now we have to wait and see if it's going to be put into action uh, and if the actions are going to, you know, uphold the words, so to speak. So, uh, you know, we did see the announcement of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens going to be returning soon, quote-unquote. Didn't really give a time frame or a date. Uh, Sami Zayn did say that he is nowhere near ready to return yet. Uh, of course, he's had uh, double shoulder surgery. That's why he's been out. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see exactly what soon means as far as those, those couple of returns. Uh, also announced some more... New call-ups from NXT, uh, looks like EC3, Heavy Machinery, Lacey Evans, uh, as well as Nikki Cross and Lars Sullivan are all going to be making their debut on either Raw or SmackDown. Uh, now, Nikki Cross has already been on SmackDown a couple of times when they were over in the UK, and you know she's had a couple of appearances, so I would assume she's going to end up on SmackDown along with the rest of Sanity. Um, Lars Sullivan, they've been hyping his debut for a couple of weeks already. Uh, the only one out of this list that really surprised me was Lacey Evans. Um, yeah, wasn't, uh, uh, wasn't really expecting her name. Not that she, you know, doesn't deserve it or anything like that. Just didn't, uh, you know, didn't expect her to be called up at this point. Um, you know, she has, hasn't been in NXT as long as some of the other, uh, women superstars there, but, uh, you know, she's definitely, uh, definitely got a unique look. She's, you know, a little different from your, your typical, uh, WWE women's wrestler. So it, I'm, I'm curious to see, uh, where she's going to land on the main roster and what kind of programs they're going to put her into. <clears throat> Another announcement made on SmackDown was that Paige is no longer the general manager. So, uh, basically the McMahons are saying they're going to be taking control of the shows from, from this point on. So I would assume, uh, it would be mostly, Shane, uh, Stephanie, and Triple H. I don't think we're going to see Vince McMahon back on TV full-time anytime soon. Um, so uh, it would be interesting to see what kind of role they give Paige. Um, you know, there was some uh, some stuff going around online. Maybe she's going to be a commentator. So she'll kind of have that Renee Young role on the SmackDown side, or maybe she's going to be on the kickoff panels. But I'm sure I'm sure Paige is still going to be around. I know she's still under contract for, uh, you know, she had a pretty long-term contract when she got injured and had to retire from the ring. So I'm sure they're going to find some kind of role for her to, uh, to fill. Um, something I did like, uh, you know, um, one change that they made and hopefully they stick with was uh, – kind of highlighting the tag team divisions on both shows this week. We saw, um, <clears throat> sorry, we saw the uh, revival on uh, Raw win the uh, the number one contendership for the tag team titles, which is 
in my opinion, long overdue. Uh, we also saw Gallows and Anderson back on SmackDown as well as Sanity. So, um, you know, the, um, the McMahon said they're going to start paying attention to what the fans want and that kind of thing. And this, you know, is definitely a step in that direction. Fans have been clamoring for the revival to get a, a better spot as far as title matches and things like that. Same thing with Gallows and Anderson. Sanity hasn't been featured on TV a whole lot at all. So, you know, hopefully this keeps uh, keeps going in the in this direction. Uh, interesting note from SmackDown 2, Mustafa Ali picked up a pinfall on Daniel Bryan in a tag team match. Um, there was some some rumor that uh, Daniel Bryan might have been injured in the, the finish of the match. Uh, Mustafa Ali hit his 0-5-4 splash in the corner, and if you watch the video back, his knee caught Bryan right in the side of the face. Uh, I'm sure that you know, probably probably scared the crap out of a lot of people with uh, Brian's history of concussions and stuff. I uh, haven't really read anything else about it, so I'm assuming he was okay. But you could hear um, from the the cameras during the pinfall, you could hear Ali apologizing to Brian. Uh, so, you know, obviously he didn't mean to land on the man's face. Um, but again, that's one of those things. You know, like Jim Ross likes to say, it ain't ballet, folks. Stuff you know, stuff happens, and uh, I'm glad that we didn't see anything online or at least i didn't it might have been out there but i i missed it if it was but oh ali's dangerous and he shouldn't be on the main roster and things like that because i i'm sorry it's just really getting old and tired anytime there's a, a mishap in the ring somebody's somebody's dangerous somebody's careless and things like that it's just yeah i'm not even gonna get into all that again <laughs> i've said enough about that uh the, with the last couple times that it's happened uh, for this coming week, Raw and SmackDown were taped, so uh, yeah, the Christmas Day and New Year's Day, or the Christmas Day episode, uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, I'll get it right one of these times, episodes of Raw and SmackDown um, are already in the can, uh, which to me is good, you know, give the superstars the holiday off, let them spend time with their family, uh, I know a lot of people reiterated that same same sentiment online then you had other people complaining oh they you know it, they're taping the show it's not going to be as good well so what you know it, it's a tape show how many people are going to be home or you know how many people are going to be home sitting in front of their television christmas eve or christmas day you know i mean i know i'm going to be doing family stuff i'll have to you know catch it later on or, or whatever so i mean I, I don't think it's that big of a deal and you know these are the same people that were complaining last year about wwe forcing their superstars to work on christmas day you know so it's uh, with i mean with that particular cross-section of fans you really can't win they're they're gonna complain no matter what so it is what it is uh, i'm not gonna give away any spoilers from the tapings i have already read the results and, and you know as you would expect with tape shows nothing major happens uh there was one title change which wwe themselves has already announced so uh, I'll go ahead and announce it here. Rusev uh, defeated Shinsuke Nakamura for the United States Championship on SmackDown. So hopefully the U.S. title will start having a little bit more prominence on SmackDown because really the last last few months it hasn't been a part of any big storylines, which is kind of sad. I mean, you know, the, the U.S. title has always been one of my favorite championships going all the way back to the NWA days. So, you know, I'm hoping this is the start of a better trend with that as well. Um, yeah, some other news coming out of this supposed new era, uh, Dave Meltzer is reporting that, uh, Finn Balor 
could be in line for a major push. Uh, another thing that a lot of fans have been clamoring for. And uh, also that Shinsuke Nakamura, contrary to some, some rumors going around online, is not going back to Japan uh, and New Japan when uh, when his contract is up with WWE. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to stay with WWE. Um you know, it just uh, basically just said he's not going back to Japan, but he, you know, whether or not he stays with WWE remains to be seen. I mean, there's plenty of other places he can go. Um, you know, Ring of Honor is one that comes to mind, you know, somebody who's definitely in need of uh, some more top tier stars since they've lost Cody Rhodes and Hangman Page and the Young Bucks. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens with Nakamura. I believe his contract is up sometime in 2019. So we'll see where where he lands. Uh, Impact Wrestling announced this week they are uh, changing networks yet again, moving from uh, Pop TV to the Pursuit channel, uh, which unfortunately on the cable system that I have I do not get the Pursuit channel, so I won't be able to watch uh, won't be able to watch Impact uh, unless you know they happen to uh, start carrying that channel sometime soon. But uh, yeah, as of January, Impact is moving to the Pursuit channel. A lot of people were asking, well, how come they didn't move to a bigger network that's more accessible and things like that? From what I read, Anthem Entertainment owns a stake in the Pursuit channel, so that really, from a business standpoint, makes a lot of sense. I'm sure it will, you know, I'm sure financially it's a better deal for them to uh, to work with the Pursuit channel. So uh, an Impact, you know, has been improving by leaps and bounds over the last year. So I'm sure they're going to try to continue in the same direction. Hopefully, like I said, I will be able to uh, somehow, some way, continue to watch it because I, you know, I've really been actually getting interested in impact again. Uh, some other, some other TV news. I'm sure everybody knows by now. Um, wow. Women's wrestling is going to be debuting on access TV in January. So that's uh, just another, another wrestling show for everybody to watch and keep up with. Um, I mean, the state of wrestling right now is amazing. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Um, just cause there's so much out there. Um, and there's, there's really something for everybody. You know, if you're not a WWE fan, there's ring of honor, there's impact, there's uh, new Japan on access TV, which is going to be going <clears throat> not, uh, not live, but a little more current, um, starting in 2019, starting with the, the wrestle kingdom show, which is actually going to be shown on January 4th here in the U S on access TV. So, uh, yeah, just a, an amazing time to be a wrestling fan right now. Uh, so that's really about it as far as news and rumors this week. I'm going to jump back into part two of my top 100 wrestlers of all time. And as I stated last week, um, this is the top 100 males male singles wrestlers of all time. Uh, when I first started putting the list together, I was including women and tag teams and everything, just trying to make a, you know, a complete top 100 list. And I quickly found out it just, I, for me, it was impossible. I, uh, you know, I thought I would actually have a hard time coming up with a hundred names. And before I knew it, I was at about 150. So, so I decided to just go with the top 100 male single stars of all time for me this is you know 100% my opinion um and uh, I'm going to be doing a couple other shows at a later date going through the top tag teams and also the top women so you know I'm not going to leave anybody out but uh, this this first list here top 100 uh male singles wrestlers of all time and uh, last week we went from number 100 down to number 68 
uh, the first 33 names on that list. So this week we're going to be starting at number 67. And number 67 on my list is Randy Orton, um, multiple-time world champion, tag team champion, intercontinental, uh, you know, basically done it all, won the Royal Rumble. Uh, and, you know, I think is really kind of, uh, I don't want to say underrated, but he, I think he's one that's uh, kind of taken for granted just because, you know, and I'm sure WWE knows you can throw him in a rivalry or in a match against pretty much anybody and it's going to be, it's going to be good. And, you know, he's just, he's one of those workhorse type guys uh, that, you know, he can, he can make a good program, a good match with just about anybody. Uh, number 66 one of my uh, one of my favorites of all time, uh, even now still that he's retired, uh, is Edge. Um, you know, I was a huge Edge fan when he first started with the whole kind of mysterious loner uh, gimmick that he had going on, coming in through the crowd and things like that, and then uh, became part of the brood with Christian and Gangrel. Um, then Edge and Christian broke off from Gangrel and... You know, that's when you started seeing more of their personality with their five-second poses and, you know, their their little catchphrases and, uh, you know, just really kind of being being goofy, for lack of a better better term. But always, you know, when when they were in the ring from bell to bell, there was really nobody better in that particular era as far as tag teams go. Uh, and then Edge of Singles career, obviously multiple-time world champion, retired as world champion. Not many people get to do that. Um you know, his career was cut short because of injuries, unfortunately, because I'm sure I'm sure he still, you know, could have had a few pretty good years after that. I don't know if he'd still be going now, but uh, yeah, one of the top singles guys, one of probably I would say John Cena's best opponent that he's had, uh, best rival that he has had in his in his uh, long career. And uh, even now, you know, since retirement, uh, he's gotten into acting. He's a regular on the, the history history channel show vikings uh he and christian do the podcast they've got their um show on the wwe network and which both of those things the podcast and the network show both utterly hilarious if you haven't checked them out please do uh if you're a fan of edge and christian you're you're gonna love it but uh yeah so number 66 for me is edge number 65 this is one some people may complain about the next actually the next two are probably some of the people are going to complain about that maybe they should be higher but you know, I you gotta you gotta remember I'm going through a more than 100 year history of professional wrestling here. I'm not just picking guys from my own lifetime and you know from the time that I've been a wrestling fan. So I'm I'm going from you know basically 1903 until now. <laughs> so you know some people are probably going to be a little lower than a lot a lot of you guys might think, but uh, you know for me this is uh, this is how it breaks down. And then uh, number 65 for me is Daniel Bryan. Um, just his, his indie career, you know, he, he's one of the, one of those guys that, uh, the fans really would not take no for an answer when it came to him. It's like, you know, it's, it would, it appeared WWE really did not want to give him that push, even though he's one of the best in-ring performers in the world still right now. And, uh, you know, I think it was just his size kind of worked against him in that, uh, in that area. Cause WWE has always been kind of about the bigger guys, but, uh, you know, the fans just wouldn't, you know, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't take no for an answer when it came to Daniel Bryan really kind of forced WWE's hand to put him at that main event level. Um, you know, I know it was a huge, huge blow to a lot of, uh, a lot of his fans and to him as well, obviously when he, 
had to announce his retirement because of concussion issues. Uh, but as everybody knows, he was able to make a comeback this year and is now WWE champion once again, which honestly surprised the hell out of me. I did not expect WWE just because of his history with injuries and concussions and stuff, did not expect WWE to make him a top guy again, especially not uh, not that quickly anyway. Um, you know, I figured maybe he'd get the U.S. title, maybe he'd end up a tag team champion at some point, did not, you know, did not expect him to be the guy uh, that quickly. So when he when he got that victory over, over AJ Styles and uh, became WWE champion, I, I you know, I think that was really kind of vindication for, for Brian and for a lot of people. Uh, moving on to number 64 is Kenny Omega. Uh, really, Kenny Omega right now, probably the number one wrestler in the world, IWGP champion. And he's another guy uh, like Cody Rhodes, like the Young Bucks, who has had a stellar career, has been extremely successful, and has done it without the WWE, um, which says a lot about Kenny Omega himself, uh, just how much he's willing to work and, uh, and things like that. And he's definitely earned everything that he's got. Um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with these elite guys come, uh, come January. There's supposed to be a big announcement coming. Uh, I think most people are assuming it's going to be all elite wrestling, but uh, we'll have to wait and see, you know, maybe, Maybe they've, because uh, by all accounts, All Elite Wrestling is not supposed to start till 2020, so maybe the Elite guys have signed a short-term deal with uh, with some other company uh, until that happens, or or who knows? You know, I'm sure they can get plenty of uh, plenty of freelance work too without having to sign a contract. So um, I'm, you know, definitely excited to see what's what's going to happen there. Number 63 is uh, Big Sexy Kevin Nash, uh, WWE Champion, WCW Champion. He's been in TNA, another guy who's pretty much done it all. Um, you know, I think he gets kind of a bad rap um, by a lot of people just because of uh, backstage politics and things like that. Obviously, he was a member of the Click. Uh, he was part of the NWO in in WCW. He was the uh, apparently he was the Booker there for a little while, but he gets uh, he gets blamed for a lot of stuff that he was not responsible for like the uh um i believe the finger poke of doom a lot of people say nash booked that but according to him he was not the booker at that time so you know a lot of like i said he gets i think he gets a bad rap from a lot of people but you can't deny his accomplishments in the business and his popularity and for um you know for his size seven foot 300 pounds the way that he was able to move around the ring and some of the things he could do you know one of the, one of the better big men in the sport uh, number 62, the phenomenal AJ Styles. This is probably another one some people are going to say, oh, he should have been so much higher in this and that. But, uh, you know, again, we're, we're talking about over 100-year history of professional wrestling here. But uh, AJ is another guy who really made his name, made his career outside of the WWE. And really the only guy in my recollection to uh, come into the WWE already a huge worldwide superstar and be pushed to the top you know normally that's something you don't see from the wwe he uh um you know he was a iwgp champion tna champion multiple times he was the uh, uh nwa champion he um was a champion in ring of honor not the world champion he held the uh, i believe it was roh pure championship before that title was unified with the world title so, you know, again, somebody who has done it all and, uh, yeah, just to see the, uh, the push that he has gotten since entering the WWE, um, 
really is unprecedented. Number 61, I really struggled with putting this guy on the list at all because I'm not a huge fan of his, but you really, again, can't deny what he's done in the business, and that's Brock Lesnar, um, WWE champion on multiple occasions, and just he's an attraction. He's probably the biggest attraction wrestler since Andre the Giant. I don't mean like physical size-wise, but I mean as far as drawing power. Um, you know, he he's that attraction. I think most people's biggest problem with him is uh, – <clears throat> it's not really a problem with him because it's, you know, wasn't, you know, really isn't his choice. Uh, but I think a lot of people's problem with him is the fact that he has been the universal champion uh, so for so long. I know he's, you know, just recently started his current reign, but prior to that, he held the title for 500 plus days, I think it was, uh, or 400 and some odd days, who knows, but, uh, you know, broke CM Punk's record for, for longest title reign. But uh, like I said, you know, it's not it's not his choice to be universal champion. That's the WWE's call. Um, but at, like I said, as an attraction, he is probably the the biggest draw since Andre the Giant as a special attraction. So he, he's definitely earned a place on this list. Uh, number 60 is Greg the Hammer Valentine, former Intercontinental Champion in WWE, former United States Champion in, uh, in the NWA, um, Tag Team Champion, you know, basically has done everything except be a world champion. Uh, but, you know, as far as technical wrestling inside the ring, there are, there are very few who, who are better than Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, number 59 is the Honky Tonk Man, longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time. Uh, just one of the greatest heels ever. Uh, the, the way that, you know, he was one of those heels people would tune in to or buy a ticket to, to see his matches just because they wanted to see him lose. You know, it wasn't because they loved him so much and wanted him to win. It's because they wanted to see him lose. And, um, you know, that that's what makes a great heel because they, they, they can sell tickets. People will buy tickets, buy pay-per-views just to see them, you know, get theirs. Uh, number 58 is, in my opinion, the greatest big man ever set foot in a ring, uh, Big Van Vader. Um world champion in multiple organizations on multiple continents and uh yeah if uh if you've never seen any of vader's matches prior to wwe do yourself a favor go back and find them i mean this is a guy did a lot of stuff in that ring that you wouldn't expect him to do that you wouldn't think he'd be able to do so uh yeah vader like i said greatest big man ever set foot in a ring just passed away recently and uh yeah um like I said, anything prior to WWE with Vader is what you want to see. If you can get a hold of any of his uh, matches from Japan um, or even his WCW matches against like Sting and uh, Cactus Jack. He and Cactus Jack had some great matches in WCW, so I, I definitely encourage you to go back and check those out. Number 57 is the Iron Sheik, uh, probably the quintessential foreign heel character. Uh, this is a guy that, uh, you know, ended Bob Backlund's six-plus-year title reign and then uh, also the guy that uh, was defeated by Hulk Hogan to start uh, basically kickstart Hulkamania back in uh, in 1984. <clears throat> Number 56 is David Von Erich. Um, yeah, this is another one whose career was cut tragically short, uh, passed away during a tour of Japan. Um, by all accounts, he... He was the guy, he had been tapped to be the next NWA World Heavyweight Champion, had a great rivalry with Ric Flair, uh, really the, the leader of the Von Erich family in as far as, uh, you know, on screen. And, uh, yeah, just cut way, way too short. Um, number 55 is the great Muda. 
Now, if, if you're not a fan of Japanese wrestling, then you you might not be too familiar with Muda. He did have some runs in WCW, uh, had some great matches with Sting there. Uh, but this is another one I really, really would encourage you to go back and try to find some of his matches from Japan because uh, he is one of the one of the top wrestlers ever to come out of Japan and uh, just one of the all-time greats. Number 54 is Barry Windham, former member of the Four Horsemen, United States Champion, World Champion, Hall of Famer now uh, as a member of the Four Horsemen. And, um, you know, a lot of people might not know early in his career was uh, tag team partners with Mike Rotundo, IRS, in uh, the WWE and were the uh, WWE tag team champions at the first WrestleMania. They were known as the U.S. Express. And, uh, yeah, the song that uh, has become synonymous with Hulk Hogan, Real American, was actually originally the theme music for the U.S. Express, Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda. So, little little bit of history for you there. Number 53, Jushin Thunder Liger, another Japanese star. Uh, probably, I would put him right up there with Dynamite Kid as probably one and two as the, the greatest light heavyweights of all time. Multiple-time IWGP junior heavyweight champion. And, uh, again, just one of the greats to come out of Japan. Number 52 is Tito Santana, former Intercontinental Champion, Hall of Famer, Tag Team Champion. Uh, kind of, I put him on the same level as, like, Greg the Hammer Valentine. There are not too many guys that are better uh, in the ring from bell to bell as uh, Tito Santana. Number 51 is Ron Simmons, uh, first African-American World Heavyweight Champion in WCW, uh, member of the APA in WWE along with Bradshaw. Um, great, great tag team in my opinion. They were one of my favorites uh, as whether it was part of the ministry or when they struck out on their own and became the, uh, you know, the kind of beer drinking, poker playing, cigar smoking, bodyguard uh, or protection agency type guys. Um, you know, just a great entertaining tag team. But uh, Ron Simmons on his own, even uh, in his days as uh, Farouk with the Nation of Domination, uh, just really, again, one of the all time greats. Number 50 is Pedro Morales. Um, Pedro is the first person to hold all three major titles in the WWF and which at that time were the world championship, the intercontinental championship and the tag team championship. He was the first person to ever win the WWE triple crown. And, uh, yeah, the, he's one that, uh, I believe. Yeah. It's slipping my mind now, but I believe he's the one that took the championship off of Ivan Koloff, uh, after he, uh, after Koloff took it from uh, Bruno and ended his his title run. Number 49, CM Punk. Um, there have been few people to have the effect on wrestling that Punk has had. Even to this day, I mean, he's been out of the business three, four years at this point, and people still chant his name at, at arenas all over the place. Um, you know, and this, Punk was really kind of the first quote-unquote indie darling that... Uh, you know, broke into the WWE and really fought his way to that top spot. So he kind of set the groundwork for guys like Daniel Bryan, like AJ Styles, um, you know, to uh, to to get to the top of the WWE. And, uh, you know, no matter how much WWE has tried to ignore him in the past or whatever, obviously you don't hear his name a whole lot other than from the fans. Uh, you can't deny, you know, the impact that he had. Uh, in the WWE and in wrestling in general. I mean, he was uh, with Ring of Honor for a number of years before that. Uh, was Ring of Honor World Champion for, for a time. Had some wonderful, just ridiculously good matches with Samoa Joe. Uh, 
in uh, in Ring of Honor. Again, you know, if you get the chance, go back and check those out. Uh, number 48, the hardcore legend Mick Foley. Whether you call him Cactus Jack or Mankind or Dude Love or Mick Foley or, or, or Mrs. Foley's baby boy, whatever you want to call him, probably the greatest hardcore wrestler of all time. But I think his actual ability to just put on a good wrestling match is really overlooked. A lot of people talk about, or not a lot, everybody talks about, you know, the match with him and The Undertaker and Hell in the Cell when Foley got thrown off the top. But, you know, go go back about a year before that. Look at the match he had with Shawn Michaels. It wasn't any kind of hardcore match, cage match. It was just a straight-up wrestling match, and it was, it was a classic. It was a great match. So he's just one of those guys that can go in there and put on a great match with pretty much anybody, like uh, kind of the same thing I was saying about Randy Orton earlier. Um, you know, so I think, you know, Everybody acknowledges how how great of a hardcore champion he he has always been, but I think his uh, you know his wrestling ability and his ability to put on a, a good match with just about anybody gets gets overlooked way too much. Uh, number forty seven is Shane Douglas. This is the man who uh, who's you know his uh, his win for the NWA World Championship kind of kickstarted uh, ECW, and uh, you know he. Uh, won the championship tournament, threw the belt down, basically said ECW, or uh, the NWA is dead, I'm the ECW World Heavyweight Champion, and that just kind of started that whole revolution. And, uh, you know, he he's one that, again, along the same lines as Kevin Nash, kind of gets a bad rap, um, has burned a few bridges in his day, you know, no doubt about that, but uh, you, you know, can't deny his contributions as well. Number 46, probably my all-time favorite ECW uh, wrestler is Rob Van Dam, one of the best high flyers of all time. I would put him on the same level as a Rey Mysterio, and um, you know he. This is a guy I would say, you know, other than uh, outside of the Dudley Boys, uh, I would say Rob Van Dam is is probably the guy who had the most success. Uh, you know, after ECW folded, came into WWE, became a world champion a few times over and uh, just one of the one of the all-time greats obviously or he wouldn't be on this list uh number 45 the bad guy uh scott hall um yeah again you know he in my opinion probably the greatest wrestler to never hold the world heavyweight championship uh i mean for obvious reasons you know he's had a lot of personal issues and things like that over the years but uh you know he uh he's been Intercontinental champion in WWE five times, uh, tag team champion, U.S. champion in uh, WCW, the original founding member of the NWO, and really the the catalyst of the Monday Night Wars when he uh, you know came through the crowd, interrupted Nitro, and basically just said, "You want a war? You're gonna get a war." And uh, yeah, the WCW just kind of took off from there. <clears throat> Number 44, uh, the greatest high flyer of all time, in my opinion, is uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. Um, another one that kind of, uh, kind of came, not came out of nowhere, but uh, one who, you know, just wouldn't be denied. I mean, came into WWE after after WCW folded, not immediately after, it was a little, little while later, but uh, yeah, and became the top dog, has been World Heavyweight Champion, has been WWE Champion, um, you know, basically prove that he can hang with with pretty much anybody and he's not just a cruiserweight or a light heavyweight uh number 43 probably one of one of the most beloved and one of the most uh tragic stories in wrestling is owen hart um 
yeah, another one who whose life was ended way, way too soon uh, from because of a tragic accident. And, uh, you know, just to think of where he could have gone in his career. I mean, by all accounts, he was in line to be world champion within probably within the year, um, you know, of, of his death. And, uh, you know, it's it's really sad that he's not in the Hall of Fame, that his wife won't allow it. Um, you know, I mean, I understand or I can sympathize with, you know, she just, I mean, she blames WWE for his death and, you know, maybe rightfully so, but there has to come a time or there should come a time, in my opinion, you know, let, let, let his fans have something, you know, let, let his family ha have, have that, let his children have that, let them see, you know, what their father meant to so many people all over the world. And uh, that's that's really all I can say about that. Number 42, uh, another another tragic story in wrestling is Eddie Guerrero. Uh, another one lost way too soon. And another one along the same lines as Rey Mysterio. You, you know, kind of didn't expect him to excel to the level that he did in the WWE. But this, this is a man who uh, defeated Brock Lesnar for the world championship. So... <laughs> You know, he was he was the top dog in WWE for a good while there. Uh, number 41, Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, when it came to the territory days, I there are not many who could touch Jerry Lawler. I mean, Ric Flair would definitely be one of them. Um, but, yeah, especially in Memphis, uh, Lawler is, you know, almost godlike in, in Memphis, Tennessee. But... Uh, yeah, Lawler, if I'm not mistaken, has held more singles championships than anybody else in the history of pro wrestling. And obviously, they're mostly all like, uh, you know, regional or territory type championships. But yeah, he and as far as commentary goes, I mean, greatest color color man of all time, without a doubt, uh, you know, along with uh, Jim Ross, of course. Number 40, another great hardcore legend, Terry Funk, former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. I uh, had some great matches with Ric Flair, <clears throat> and uh, you know later in his career had some uh, some great hardcore type matches with uh, with Mick Foley in in the WWE. Uh, number thirty nine is Triple H, multi time world heavyweight champion. Uh, another you know kind of Mister Everything has done has done all there is to do, uh, and is now an executive with the WWE. He is the uh, the driving force creative mind behind NXT, which a lot of people hold up as kind of the best, best wrestling that there is right now. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people. So, uh, yeah, triple H has, has proven not just in the ring as a wrestler, but also behind the scenes as an executive and as a, a creative, creative force. He, uh, <clears throat> he is one of the all time greats. And by, uh, by all accounts, whenever Vince McMahon is ready to retire or step down or, uh, God forbid passes away, Triple H is going to be the one to pick up uh, where he leaves off. Number 38, and this is probably going to make a lot of people grunt and groan, but number 38 for me is John Cena. Um, you know, Cena ha has uh, fallen prey to kind of the same thing as Roman Reigns, where, you know, fans are saying, oh, they're pushing him down our throats, and, you know, but, I mean, he, he was chosen to be the guy, and he, you know, there is nobody 
who works harder than John Cena inside the ring, outside the ring, whatever it may be. Uh, 16-time world champion on, on an, uh, an official level, tied with Ric Flair for most world title reigns. And, um, you know, just, I mean, you know, he's the one everybody says, you know, he's the first one at the arena. He's the last one to go home. Always puts on a good match. I've never seen a bad John Cena match. I really have not. You know, people complain, oh, the five moves of doom, that's all he can do. Everybody has their move set. Everybody's got a five moves of doom or a four, three, two, whatever it is. Everybody's got their little finishing set that, you know, their of their signature moves. So, you know, I think it's just uh, with John Cena, I think he it's uh, just people looking for something to complain about. But John Cena, number 38 to me, you know, has more than earned his spot in the top top 100 of all time. Number 37 uh, is Conan. A lot of people might be scratching their heads at this one. I'm not just talking about the WCW Conan, uh, who's part of the NWO and part of the Wolfpack with the kind of gangster, um, you know, persona and things like that. I'm also talking about Conan from uh, Mexican wrestling, who has been compared um, many, many times to, uh, they call, you know, have, have called him the Mexican version of Hulk Hogan. Um just held up as you know the greatest of all time down there he's not just a wrestling star movie star tv star uh and, and pretty much just does it all um so if you know if all you've ever seen of conan is his wcw matches go go a little bit further back and try to try to find some of his uh, his matches from mexico i think you'll be pleasantly surprised or even some much earlier wcw stuff when he started making like sporadic appearances um <clears throat> when he was when he would wrestle uh, with a mask on and things like that um but yeah as far as as far as mexican wrestling goes he has been the number one guy down there for many many years uh number 36 superstar billy graham uh and he he was unique in that he was really one of the first heel champions to have a really long title reign in ww uh WWE. Now, in the NWA, this it was more common because uh, they operated under a different philosophy. The NWA's thing was you have a heel champion and you have your top baby faces chase him for the title. That's why you know you had Ric Flair was the perennial world champion in the NWA. He was their top heel. You know, WWF always had the uh, the baby face champion like Bruno Sammartino, like Bob Backlund, like Pedro Morales. Uh, you know, and they would hold the title for a long time. Um, superstar Billy Graham was really one of the first heel champions in WWF to hold that title for about a year. So that that's a significant accomplishment in and of itself. And, um, you know, his influence can be seen all over the place in, in pro wrestling. And I think that kind of gets overlooked at times, but you look at guys like Jesse, the body Ventura, you look at Hulk Hogan, uh, even, you know, guys like triple H to get uh, into a little more modern times. Superstar Billy Graham is the one, you know, who really influenced all of them. He was kind of the first that had that bodybuilder, really muscular type look. Now, I mean, Bruno San Martino was very, very strong, very big guy, but he didn't have the, uh, the bodybuilder type, look he wasn't really cut up and everything like that where superstar billy graham was and was really one of the first ones in wwf to to have that look and you know he was wearing the tie-dye and you know the bleach blonde beard and hair and things like that and like i said you see that influence still still going on today <clears throat> and the uh last name for today for the second third of this list at number 35 the enforcer arn anderson uh again right up there with scott hall is one of the best ever 
to not hold the World Heavyweight Championship. Of course, most times he was, uh, you know, pretty much uh, Ric Flair's right-hand man. Uh, Arn Anderson, the one that, that coined the name for Horseman, uh, for himself, Flair, Ole Anderson, and Tully Blanchard originally. And, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he always seemed to hold the, uh, like, television title, the tag team title multiple times, um, you know, tag champion in the NWA, WCW, um, and uh, and the WWE, and uh, just one of the best tag team wrestlers of all time, and one of the one of the best singles wrestlers of all time. I you know I cannot say enough about how much respect I have for Arn Anderson. I actually had the pleasure of meeting him at Starcast. Uh, just a great great human being, nice guy, and um, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And I don't think anybody would argue with that. This this is one that I struggled with. You know. I really think I, I should put him higher, but then there's all these other guys. So he, you know, he's number 35 for me, but 35 out of a hundred is that's still it's pretty damn good, I think. And, uh, so that, that's going to wrap it up for today. <clears throat> uh, next week will probably be a pretty short show since there's, you know, really no, uh, Nothing big going on with wrestling this next week with it being Christmas and everything, but I will have the uh, the top 34 to finish this list out. I'm also going to have a special announcement about uh, a special show that I'm going to have coming up in January in a few weeks, so I uh, hope everybody will uh, check out the show to, to see what that's all about. And uh, yeah, again, thanks everybody who's been who's been tuning into the show, who's been checking it out on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, Twitch, and anywhere else you can find podcasts. Uh, please give me a like, a follow, a share on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever it might be. And if you have any questions, comments, uh, something you'd like to see me talk about on the show, uh, something you agree with, disagree with, you know, if you're keeping up with this list here, maybe you've got your own, um, you know, you think I'm, uh, my, my list is out of order. Maybe somebody should be higher, should be lower, shouldn't be on the list at all. Did I leave somebody out who needs to be on the list? You know, leave, leave me questions, comments. Uh, shoot me an email at catchhookshoot at gmail.com. But uh, for right now, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. I will talk to you guys next week. Like I said, I will have the, uh, the last third of my top 100 uh, male singles wrestlers of all time, and I will have a special announcement about a very special show coming up towards the end of January, and hopefully sometime after the first of the year, I will be having another big announcement. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag about that one yet until I know for sure what's going on, but uh, yeah, you know, and as always, help me, uh, uh, help me grow help me make this show bigger, you know, share it with your friends, your family, anybody you know who's into wrestling, you know, just, uh, say, hey, check out Catch, Hook, and Shoot, and, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate any, uh, any kind of publicity I can get from, uh, from you guys, but, uh, for right now, I am gonna sign off, so I hope everybody has a great holiday, hope everybody has a safe holiday, enjoy the time with, you, with family and friends, and, uh, yeah, again, thanks for checking out the show, have a great holiday, and I'll talk to you guys soon.